Ah, shit. We're live. We're back. It's the only podcast that every time you come to listen to it, it has something new to make it a little bit better. We're live on Twitch right now. We're in the building. Making this switch up right here. Uh, welcome to the uh, class working class observer, the class warfare report. I am your host, Andrew C. In the bill. Looking for a guild. Um, no, but really though, uh, already hopped on. You know what we do here on the transmissions is we find some articles or something interesting to read, and I bring that to you while sipping on Colorado's finest Cush uh, and coffee. Uh, today's greens is the finest kosher kush I've grown in my life and uh, is a great hybrid impact for me and in my cup is Folger's lightest so um, I can't say that I ethically source a lot of my life but I can admit that I try to uh, do the best that I can and right now that's Folger's and weed that I grow myself uh, with 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 co-workers I uh, you know, I work with people, and we, we take care of the, the marijuana with everybody. Um, but there's there's benefits of having uh, working there. I'm not going to say exactly what, because I don't want to incriminate anybody for nothing. But there are benefits to working at a uh, commercial uh, uh, marijuana grow. But, um, you know, the, the whole reason why I started doing this is not only to become a hot and to, to be a hobby, but I wanted to branch out into politics because if I, I had said earlier, earlier transmissions that if I don't do something, I will literally bang my head on a wall. Um, there's, uh, no reason that most people can't get politically active, even if you spend, uh, most of your time at a nine to five. In fact, I work at an eight to five and I tend to not be able to do anything for two hours before I have to go to bed. So what I decided to do is a little bit of what they call what, like, uh, uh, uh computer warrior, uh, keyboard warrior, whatever. Um, I became one of those keyboard warriors. I became a dude who scours the internet trying to find information for people who want to get active and get out. Um, I do try to use my weekends for more uh, active uh, endeavors, but um, I am tied down to the wage labor at this point, and uh, I don't have Patreon. I don't have any way of entering income from this. Uh, right now, mostly doing it just from the freedom of my heart. Um, I hope someday that I can get into uh, journalism without having to throw money down on a, on a, on a useless degree. Um, you may be able to make great connections, but I can, uh, uh, in, in my own uh, view, most uh, college degrees are a waste of time because most people can uh, learn anything without having to put them in debt. Um, but you know, that's, that's just me. That's just me. You know, if you're going to school, please continue going to school because we need people who are professionalized, especially in the movement. We need professionalized, skilled craftsmen in the movement. That's just as important as having uh, street political activists who don't know shit about shit. And that's why you have me here. I am the, 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 the political who doesn't know shit about shit. So I take the time that I would normally use to learn by myself and read articles by myself and read the news by myself. Now I'm just including a wider range of whoever wants to join in, whether it's through the podcast in the morning, which will be on Twitch. Uh, it is uh, put out there by Anchor. Shouts out to Anchor for being a free platform to allow people to put their voices out there. You got to show respect for that. And then uh, it's also on YouTube. Uh, actually, not on YouTube, but I'm trying to figure this situation out. I thought Twitch was supposed to just kind of move my shit over, but I haven't had that happen once. I haven't had switch, uh, Twitch switch my shit to YouTube. Not sure what the uh, what's broken about it. I shouldn't really be looking it up right now because this is the podcast section, and uh, most of this is not going to be seen, but if you're ever interested in seeing this, I'm trying to get it on YouTube, but it is for sure on Twitch, as you oh, can hear, running, I'm on Twitch right now. I just hit the home page. See, see, I wasn't lying. I'm here. I'm here on Twitch. I'm trying to get it um, in as many areas as I can. You know, you got to expand if you're gonna conquer. Um, at least that's what I've learned from the Great and the Con. That would be a cool movie name, The Great and the Con. 
Um, see, yeah, it says it's connected. It says by connecting your account with YouTube, you acknowledge and agree that information you choose to share will be uploaded to YouTube and maybe maybe used by Twitch. Yeah, it says like, ah, we have this parasitic relationship now. Cool. And they still haven't really even like uh, uploaded a single one of my videos. So it's I, I feel a bit disrespected. Not sure how I'm going to go about getting these on YouTube other than like hand uploading them. So that's cool. Um, speaking of which I hadn't, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a little bit about me. I kind of started this whole thing without giving anything about me. I don't, I used to have a person who, uh, my friend wanted to be a co-host, but we don't have the same schedule or the same, uh, work drive. So I'm just here. And, uh, uh, what else, what else is there to know? I don't know. There is nothing to know. I'm nothing and no one just sitting here, a talking head. Um, today right here though, we have NBC news. Uh, I want to get into this because free speech and police brutality are very rampant. I have talked about, uh, how Facebook does not plan on changing its, uh, uses of Facebook for disinformation and dividing the country. Uh, Zuckerberg's indifference to the fact that he has created a lot more, uh, extremism, uh, as well as, uh, um, you know, let's not forget Cambridge Analytica. The The articles haven't mentioned that, but, you know, not only does he allow misinformation to go in there, he also allows companies to take your information from there. So while he's feeding us disinformation, he is handing uh, a billion-dollar multinational uh, conglomerate corporations your information, which is actually more informative than the information that we're taking in. So he's effectively disarming the people. And uh, I got into that a little bit. I've gotten into how uh, Trump... Uh, uh, and uh, his House of Re uh, his House of Representatives and his Senate have pushed through a uh, bill for the USA Freedom Act, allowing uh, more police power underneath the Trump administration. Uh, they, um, I think, they repealed or did not vote on FISA, so FISA uh, no longer a powerful usage for the American people anymore. Um, and as we're seeing like rollbacks on, you know, as we're seeing that police reform that, you know, eventually was going to come down the pipeline anyways, we are seeing certain things that Trump is moving on, uh, to make it harder for people, uh, to be transparent with law enforcement. Um, so the USA Freedom Act, the FISA repeal and Facebook have been my focus so far. I have dived in a bit on Minneapolis itself and a couple of other things. Um, but I think moving on with like more freedom of speech here and uh, holding democracy together, I got the perfect article from NBC News. It says, quote, Georgia election catastrophe in large minority areas sparks investigation. Pardon me. The uh, sub-headline says, Long lines, lack of voting machines, and shortages of primary ballots plagued voters. Ooh, that was a wrong choice there to say plagued voters. Because I'm sure they had to go out and vote during uh, Rona. So uh, um, while we're forcing people to uh, go out and vote during, uh, let's say, a plague... Um, you know, we can argue whether or not that's ethical by any of our leadership to be having this and how uh, mail-in voting is not pre more prevalent at a time like this. Um, and it's also fascinating because we have so many tools on our smartphones to verify voters. I don't see why we can't get votes through that way. That way would be a lot easier and then mail in and then show up. You know, especially in times like these where we have to, uh, we're not slowing the spread anymore. Now we're just kind of hoping, we, you know, you don't catch it. And the thing about Corona is not necessarily if you're going to catch it, but when you're going to catch it. There's always that op chance that it becomes epidemic, um, something that we see seasonally or that we have to live with for a good amount of time before we have effective treatments and immunity. Um Let's not get into conspiracies on that. I just think it's very interesting how we keep having these votes, these primaries, and these elections without uh, having the proper, uh, let's say, infrastructure in place. Even though President Trump touts his infrastructure.
infrastructure policies, and uh, I'm sure every Republican or even politician totes how responsible they are about their uh, uh, infrastructure, you know, how important it is to rebuild infrastructure, how important it is to have infrastructure, and yet here we are, constantly shown that our infrastructure is dog shit. We are a country that looks nice. That's what credit buys you. It looks good to have great credit. The only problem is, is that when you strip away that credit, there is absolutely no wealth. There is no ownership. There's none of that. So um, we look very nice, but deep down, there is nothing in there that proves we are as wealthy as we say we are, or as rich in spirit as we say we are. That was a long rant just off of a headline. Rosie, you forgot your, you, you forgot your morning treat. Don't, don't forget your, don't forget those. Alright, well, I'm gonna take a sip of my morning treat. She's just smelling it. Alright, so it says it's by Kevin Collier, Cyrus Faravar, Dara Gregorian, and Ben Popkin. The article begins, hours long waits, problems with voting machines, and a lack of available ballots plagued voters in majority minority counties in Georgia. Oh my goodness. Hold on, Sniffle coming in. All right. So it is, it happened on Tuesday, so it's happening during Corona, and I hate that they're saying um, their problems were plagued. The voters were plagued. I don't like that. It's a it's a bad word choice, um, but that's not the root of the message here. So conditions the Secretary of State called unacceptable and vowed to investigate. Very strange, very strange. Again, you have uh, the state investigating the state. Um, I know that the state is built on checks and balances that it's supposed to checks check and balance each other but then you kind of realize oh the state exists for its own sake so the one checking is going to need the one who does the balancing and the one who does the balancing is going to need the one who does the checks you know um yeah i i saw a great picture on how fascism needs two wings and um you know that's, that's just some food for thought democrats and election watchers said voting issues in a state that has been plagued for years by similar problems plagued for years by similar problems. Let me say that one more time in case it hasn't really sunk in for Democrats. Plagued for years by similar problems. Now, addendum, this has nothing to do with anything. This article has said plague three times. And I'm only in the second paragraph. Sniffled. All right. Fucking morning allergies. Let's get it. So he says they've been plagued for this by similar problems for years, comma, along with allegations of racial bias didn't bode well for the November presidential election when Georgia could play, would, would, when Georgia could be in play. Um, wow. All right. Yeah, uh, Georgia is, uh, in most Republican red states, are just ravaged by gerrymandering. And that's not really the only way to uh, make it hard for people to vote, but that is a great way to make it hard for people to vote. Uh, we have a quote here. This seems to be happening throughout Atlanta and perhaps throughout the country. People have been in line since before 7 o'clock a.m. this morning. Quote, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, a Democrat, tweeted shortly after polls were supposed to open, and in some cases, still hadn't. Who is in control here? Because we have the state secretary looking it up, and we have the mayor tweeting about it. The article continues, Cody Cutting was in a long line at Lang Carson Community Center, Center in the uh, Reynoldstown neighborhood of Atlanta, where the line snaked around the block and some people had been waiting to cast their votes for four and a half hours. Quote, people are a bit frustrated, but spirits are still okay. Neighbors are bringing around food, water, and chairs, he told ABC News. That is beautiful. A four-hour wait 
where neighbors are bringing mutual aid of food, water, and chairs. This is how important democracy really is to people who want to participate. This is what scares them. And so if we have a proper infrastructure for people to participate in their democracies, they will shut it down. They do not want you to vote. It is not just Trump who is screaming about vote, voter mail fraud. The only reason why Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden uh, tweeted vote, one word, vote, period, uh, is because they need to win this year. Uh, if they didn't need to win this year, they wouldn't care. It, it, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't be screaming voter fraud like Trump, but they wouldn't really put in the effort to make sure everybody could vote. They would do what Trump is, but without the allegations of crimes. Maybe. Um, lengthy waits were reported in other parts of Fulton, DeKalb, and Gwinnett counties. That's disgusting. Um, they have a video here that we'll get into at the end of the article. Let's keep scrolling. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, said the problems, quote, in certain precincts, unquote, in Fulton and Delcop counties were, quote, unacceptable. A Republican said they were unacceptable. Now, is he telling the truth? Quote, my office has opened an investigation to determine what these counties need to do to resolve these issues before November's election, he said in a statement. As if this election isn't important, which I guess, I guess it's not important as, as the, the general. <laughs> no, 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 it is. It's just as important. Here we go. Meanwhile, the Democratic Senate primary in Georgia is too early to call. In Georgia, candidates must win more than 50% of the vote to avoid a runoff. That's just, I feel like that's just up to DNC rules, though. Democratic Senate primary? Yeah, maybe that's uh, part of the Georgian Constitution. With more than half of the expected vote counted at 1.30 a.m. Eastern D time? <laughs> I told you I'm dumb. John, Off uh, John Ossoff has approximately 48% of the vote. He leads Teresa Tomlinson. Tom Tomlinson. I hate last names. Uh, who has roughly 16% of the vote. So John Ossoff, 48% of the vote. Uh, Teresa with 16%. And Sarah Riggs Amica with about 13%. I'm not familiar with any of these candidates. I am not a part of Georgia politics. I just think it's very interesting that we keep talking about this, even though we saw Wisconsin. And uh, fuck, who was the ones that had the... Uh, uh, Nevada, oh my god, uh, Iowa, oh my god, like, all of these states, which seem to be, uh, Democrat, uh, uh, held elections are dog shit. It's weird. Uh, so the, the article continues, voting problems in the state also plagued Fulton County in 2018, which led to allegations of voter suppression by Democrats. The Secretary of State at the time was Brian Kemp a Republican, who wound up winning the government uh, governorship by a thin margin against Democrat Stacey Abrams. Abrams at the time called the election rotten and rigged. This is not healthy discourse. This is not a healthy democracy. If you have one candidate saying rotten rigged, it, rotten and rigged, it's, you know, even if it's a Republican lying, you know, if it, say Trump loses and he says those things, you do not have a healthy democracy if a politician is saying that the election was rotten and rigged. We need to make sure that our elections are uh the opposite of rotten and rigged except they should be uh ripe and sharp uh ripe and uh uh perfect uh ripe and uh well oiled like it's amazing how many uh negative adjectives we can attribute to the system and nothing seems to change we can criticize 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 it but it just seems to be bulletproof to criticism she tweeted tuesday that georgians deserve better from Jasper to Fulton to Coffee and Catham, long lines, inoperable machines, and under-resourced communities are being hurt. Abrams wrote, adding that Raffensperger owns the disaster. He must stop finger-pointing and fix it, she said. That was 2018. I rented last night. Uh, on the stream, how history is completely cyclical, even down to the year. 
there's so much that happened last year that's just happening all over again. Things that we ignored last year or even ignored in 2018, and they just keep coming back. And it's like, you know, you have a wound, a bullet wound, and you, you don't treat it. It just festers. It just festers, and it festers, and it festers. And that's exactly what happens in a system. So we, we have problems festering, and we have absolutely no doctors on the scene. Uh, only opportunists. Only opportunists. Quote, we only have a few months left until voters around the nation head to the polls again, and efforts should begin immediately to ensure that every Georgian and every American is able to safely exercise their right to vote, said Martin, whose candidate NBC News projected to win the Democratic primary in the state shortly after the official poll closing time. Martin said the Biden campaign, quote, will remain fully engaged in defending, unquote, the right to vote. Um will remain fully engaged in defending the right to vote. Biden does not have a position in uh, the Senate or the White House or really anything. He is taking political positions. So him engaging in defending the right to vote is a very vacuous, meaningless statement saying that, hey, we're not against uh, the thing that you guys believe is really important in holding this nation together. And it's like, cool. The man met bare minimum again bare minimum again the man finds bare minimums everywhere everywhere you know vote him in the leg not the head you know uh decalb county ceo michael thurmond blamed tuesday's issues on raffensperger who seems to be taking all the shade that wasn't in the article who thurmond said should be investigated by the governor's office this could very be this very well could be and that's the problem with the secretary of state uh analyzing this because i feel like the secretary of state is in fact the position that has a lot to do with how the voting is set up and he's the one investigating it so uh continuing on with the article here quote it is the secretary of state's responsibility to train prepare and equip electric uh, elect election staff throughout the state to ensure fair and equal access to the ballot box those georgians who have been disenfranchised by the state statewide chaos that has affected the voting system today in numerous decalb precincts and throughout the state of georgia deserve answers thurman said Kristen Clark, president and CEO of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, a civil rights group called the election, quote, a catastrophe. If we view the primary election as a dry run for November, then Georgia gets an F today, Clark said. She said her group has been flooded with calls from, quote, voters who encountered barriers from polling sites that are not open on time, malfunctioning equipment, long lines with several hours wait time, insufficient backup paper ballots, and more, unquote. I am sure that there is a swath of reasons why uh, the voting was not done properly in these areas, and it is mainly all linked to ineffective leadership. That's where most of these problems stem from. You First, you have ineffective leadership, and then you have a domino effect of widespread issues of why these things aren't working the way that they should. Because, I mean, if you have a leader trying, then you can probably at least have a couple things work, right? But this sounds like in certain districts, nothing worked. In fact, it, there was only lines. Uh, three quarters of voters who called with problems identified as African-American, Clark said. Ugh fucking morning allergies um that's nothing new in america and it's especially nothing new in the south belt um they've been suppressing the black vote for so long and yet somehow find ways to uh convert um african americans into the republican party uh, maybe because the democrats do uh take their vote for granted and don't actually respect uh most citizens uh so african americans can probably feel that contempt all the way at the bottom of the american hierarchy uh, so it's no wonder that they are just giving up on this system entirely. And I'm on their side because they, um, do not deserve this treatment whatsoever. It was very easy for me to vote in the white suburbs that I am currently resided in this year. Um, I got my mail-in vote. I took it down the street into the Dropbox, and I voted. I checked the email that I had signed up for to see how my vote went, and it was in. It was registered. We were good. Um, I don't know why it would be any more complicated for any more states than that. I feel like any voter fraud that would happen with voter mail-in is the same kind of that you would have with paper ballots. 
Uh, in Roswell, a mostly white Atlanta suburb, there were far fewer problems. Brian Takahashi voted there and said it went well. There were problems with the voting systems for approximately 25 minutes, he said. Afterwards, it was smooth sailing, estimating that he was out the door in 20 minutes after the problem was resolved. Uh, basketball great LeBron James weighed in on Twitter. Here we go. Quote, everyone talking about how do we fix this? And they say, go out and vote. What about asking if how we vote is also structurally racist? Unquote. Shouts out to Comrade James. He hit the nail on the coffin there. Bury it. Bury that fucking argument, bro. Um, the article continues. Rob Pitts, chairman of the Fulton County Board of Commissioners, told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that everything that could happen or go wrong has gone wrong so far. He pointed to numerous issues, including fewer polling precincts, new voting machines, and absentee ballot issues. Nicholas Roth, 30, said he'd been in line at, at an Atlanta precinct where the woman ahead of him was told that she couldn't vote because she'd already asked for an absentee ballot. Cool. She... <sighs> We got a quote from her, thank God. Uh, she responded, I never got an absentee ballot. That's why I'm here. The woman was sent to an area with the other would-be voters who'd had similar issues. All right, you you, you all who, can, who came here and, and can vote on that side of the room, and all of you who came here thinking you could vote, uh, go on that side of the room. All right, now we're going to help them over there, and we'll be right with you. Okay. Quote, the individuals had requested absentee ballots, but they didn't arrive in time to send in. But when they showed up to try and vote in person, they were blocked because the system had indicated they already had an absentee ballot, which again, they said they never received. I mean, how do we not have the system in 2022 if to put in two votes, but only account for one? Even if it's under the same name, it should be like, oh, this vote is already in. Throw that one out. We should be able to, at least as voters, put in two or three to make sure that it is received and counted. If it is counted more than one, I mean, like, I, I can understand how this might be so difficult because I don't understand how it is, how it works and how it is counted. But the fact that we haven't fixed it in so long to figure out how people can vote effectively is very anti-democratic and makes me worry and we don't care about it enough because in certain neighborhoods it's way too fucking easy to vote it's so fucking easy to vote that they take it for granted and then in these areas it's so hard to vote that nobody gives a fuck that they can't vote it's a it's a strange dichotomy i can't even believe that it exists the privilege that these white neighborhoods uh constantly face um is just eclipsing the entire world around them. We're back to the whole idea of flat earth and being the center of the universe because I'm living in a white neighborhood. It stresses me out. It stresses me out because I want to live in the constitution or the idealism that we seem to have for this place, but just never actually um, manifest and materialize. So it's very frustrating for me. I'm going to have to sip some coffee about it. Get a sniffle in there. Uh, I swear one day these uh these morning allergies are going to be gone. I can pick my nose and it's completely dry just because it's I tried to open up the like right here on my right right side. I tried to just like kind of open up because it's closed. It's swelling. That's why I can't really breathe out of it. It's very annoying. <sighs> so it's very frustrating that we cannot get uh, proper voting throughout the entirety of America. It's very frustrating, and so far, I feel like voters tend not to be, like, the typical voter tends not to be the cheater of these elections, who really is, are the people that are participating, and those are the ones that we should be more focused on regulating when it comes to voting, rather than the citizens. But again, we live in some kind of weird plutocracy, uh, Plato Republic, where, you know, the citizens don't know anything except they should learn their place, 
and uh, the elites are the ones who are the ones who should shoulder this world into the new era. And I am not into that. I think it should be a team effort. And if that can't happen, then we really need to uh, take away everybody's wealth and uh, spread it around because obviously the power has gone to their heads. Um, but, you know, we have to put a lot of things in place before that can happen. Um, I am on the side of having the most peaceful revolution that we can, but as they close down on our rights, the uh, opportunities for a peaceful res revolution also um, becomes harder. So that's something to take in consideration when we read these kind of things, or at least that's what I take into consideration when I read these kind of things because they drive me fucking mad. Adding to the headaches were the new voting machines, which some poll workers and voters struggled with. When voters check in, poll workers give them cards, which they insert into touchscreen machines to cast their votes. The machines then produce paper ballots that voters insert into scanners. The new system was put in place following allegations that the previous system wasn't secure. Local activists sued the Secretary of State three years ago, noting that the system didn't produce any paper record. Three years ago, they got sued for this shit as well, so that's great. Earlier this year, Georgia switched to a new voting system made by Dominion Voting Systems, which the state government said should mitigate most, if not all, of the plaintiff's concerns. So instead of the, the state handling it, they actually just handed the concerns over to a private company entity uh, to take care of four of them. You know, uh, here's all of their grievances. Can you please make a machine that does this and also not count their votes? Thank you. Richard DeMille, a cybersecurity professor at Georgia Tech who observed the voting process at College Park Auditorium in the Atlanta suburb of College Park, called it pretty chaotic. Pretty chaotic. He cited bottlenecks from voter check-in delays and estimated that half the center's machines were turned off and not in use. Quote, not a lot of guidance is being given to a lot of people, said DeMille, who saw voters unaccustomed to the new system. Sometimes, uh... Okay, said Demio. All right, let's just restart that whole quote. Can you tell that it's the morning? It's obviously 640, and I haven't had enough workers' fuel. Oh, yeah, I feel that in my sails. All right, let's start that quote over again by Demio, the cybersecurity professor at Georgia Tech. Quote, not a lot of guidance is being given to a lot of people. Said Demio, who saw voters unaccustomed to the new system, sometimes walk away from machines with their paper ballots without scanning them. Who would have to be, quote, grabbed by the neck by poll workers to make sure their votes get counted? Unclear systems. Unclear systems allow great voting access. All right. It sounds a lot like the uh, shadow companies fuck up in Iowa. Uh, shouts out to Buttigieg. Thank you for dropping out. I'm glad we have Biden now. I am just kidding. There's nothing separating you two but age. Eddie Perez, an election technology expert with the OSET Institute, an election technology nonprofit, said the new machinery, combined with consolidation of polling locations and shortages of provisional and emergency paper ballots at some locations, may have created, quote, a chain reaction that led to the long lines. The lines caused some polling places to announce that they would remain open past the official closing time of 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, this is what we're going to see a lot more common, is that these polling places are going to stay open longer. Um, if you don't have mail-in voting, your polling places are going to stay uh, open longer, and voting is going to take much, much longer. A Dominion spokesperson said that as of 4 p.m. Eastern, and when, hold on, also, when elections take longer, you're going to have that speculatory time in there. So while the votes are being counted, Trump is going to be able to spend the time going like, ah, there's voter fraud in there. I know it. I know it. There's voter fraud in there. Ah, I told you there's so much voter fraud. Um, but anyways, moving on with the article, a Dominion spokesperson said that as of 4 p.m. Eastern, the manufacturer had needed to replace only 10 pieces of fielded voting equipment, such as scanners, printers, and touchscreens, out of about 30,000 total voting systems across the state. But how many were being used, you know? If we heard that a lot of these places didn't open late, you know, he might have not even got to most of these because they were closed. We don't know the full scale scope of this situation. Do we even know that those other places opened? 
said opened late, but do we know that they actually opened? Do we? Or do, were they moved? How many voters were moved to different districts? Because that was another problem that had happened in, I think, Iowa, uh, uh, Ohio, where they, 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 they got tugged around. No, 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 no. You actually got to go to this precinct. No, 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 no. You actually got to go to this church. No, 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 no. You got to go to this county. Uh, this is a problem we see all across America, much like police brutality. Is it weird that we see all of the same problems I guess, uh, uh, across this country? I don't think so. It is systemic. It is for a reason. But we got to move on with the article because I am just killing it with rants. Um, so Raspin, uh, Raffensperger, the uh, state secretary, threw his hat in the ring. He blamed Tuesday's voting problems on local officials, which I'm pretty sure he is. Obviously, quote, obviously, the first time a new voting system is used, there is going to be a learning curve, and voting in a pandemic only increased these difficulties. But every other county faced these same issues and were significantly better prepared to respond so that voters had every opportunity to vote, he said, unquote. But every other county faced these same issues and were significantly better. What does he mean? Is he is he only talking shit about the uh, ones that had a hard time? But every other county faced these same issues and were significantly better prepared to respond so that voters had every opportunity. Is he saying that certain areas are better prepared to handle these issues than others? Why would that be, Raffensperger? Why would that be? And how is that just? Can you justify that answer? Uh, the state Democratic Party blamed him, here we go again, saying his office failed to provide, quote, adequate, adequate support and training, and also adequate information on how the whole process went, but that's not neither here nor there. Um, quote, we demand nationwide action by the Secretary of State, the chief elections official in Georgia, to fix this problem immediately, the party statement said. So, you have the man, they're blaming him. And then he's the one who's to investigate it and figure out what happened. And we have this uh, biosphere of toxicity in Georgia. Georgia is going to become a disenfranchised war zone if we are not careful. I am just saying, I am just saying, if we are not careful, if our leaders do not pay attention, Georgia, they will lose it. They will lose control of Georgia and we will go further down the rabbit hole of Robert Evans' nightmare, and in fact, it really could happen here. It really could. So, let's get a little bit from the, uh, let's get a little bit from right here. Let's get this video in here, it right here. as if this is sort of one problem on top of another, on top of another, and it, and it, and they're all problems, and collectively, it, it turned into a disaster. It really has become kind of a perfect storm, Chuck, when you look at the timing. So first, let me show you just what this line looks like. We're here in Fulton County, way back there, if you can kind of see, back there is where the line ends. But let me show you where people are trying to get to. So the line snakes here, it's not just ending there. We don't just go around this corner, Chuck. But if you'll bear with me as I kind of walk to this area, you can see right down there, the line snakes down there. You got a little 16 bit minutes there, there and Blaine. Up to yeah, a no. doorway to get inside. Oh, yeah, just like to get inside. So, you know, I've been talking to people up and down this line, you know, people who have been waiting for two hours, a little bit more. Some people who came out this morning, the wait time at that point was four hours. So they said, look, I can't wait right now. They left. They came back. And now they're How waiting do you, for more than an hour this time. We've seen heavy. How do you downpours. get there early? How do you get there early? And that's the four hour wait time. And most people, to their credit, have refused to get out of line. So let's talk about that perfect storm that we're seeing out here. We're not only talking about the fact that this is the midst of a pandemic. So we're seeing, of course, different measures when it comes to voting. But Georgia is unveiling new voting machines today. So these new systems are coming out right in the middle of a pandemic. So as which seems exactly convenient to the reason it, why it really nothing is working. You ask. So let's start with the secretary of state. Of course, his office oversees all elections across the state. And he is pointing specifically to full 
Fulton and DeKalb counties in a statement, the counties that comprise Metro Atlanta. And he says that he's launching an investigation into those two counties, the issues there, because he says they haven't seen issues like this anywhere else. He's saying that it's the responsibility of those counties, saying that they haven't seen any specific reports as of midday of the machines themselves not working, Chuck. Now, that's very important. But he says that what they have seen reports of are machines being delivered to the wrong places or being delivered late or some poll workers not knowing how to use the machines. So he's saying that the county employees are to blame for not properly training them. As you can imagine, a county employees are back on that blamed uh, for not training county who says, you know, county he employees is calling now for an investigation into the way the secretary of state has handled this. That county said that they've gotten repeated concerns about machines themselves not actually working. So certainly a bit of a back and forth. Who exactly is at fault for all of this? But one thing is very clear. This is something that a lot of people are saying, look. This can't happen in November. It shouldn't happen today. Now, some of the other voices that we're hearing about this and some of the other concerns, of course, Chuck, is where exactly this is happening. There was a tweet from Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms pointing to one of the bigger uh, voting precincts in the area saying that there was a line out to the street. And she asked the Secretary of State, hey, is this happening in all places or is it just happening on the south side of the county? Right. Of course, Chuck, that's the area with a predominantly black population. Chuck. Dark. Yeah, I mean, uh, Republicans are notorious. You know, it seems like the biggest impediment to the accountability issue, not just the issue of the qualified immunity, but in some cases it's police unions. And I th- All right, that's, uh, uh, that's a that move on here. Sometimes the stronger the... For some reason, MBS, MS, uh, this NBC website thinks it's smart to put a clip discussing the issue at hand and then just autoplay the next clip that has nothing to do with this. Um, and fix it. That's dumb. Look at me and just—I really am a keyboard warrior now, aren't I? I just—I just walk around the internet saying, "Fix that, fix that, fix that." But really, though, fix it. Uh, really, really excited to just read some headlines here. I have NBC 12, who says Christopher Columbus statue torn down, thrown in lake by protesters. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, right there, baby. Look at that, bro. We are throwing off the chains of our white supremacist history and creating a new one. One of racial justice and criminal reform all the way down to the most democratic society that we will ever see. I might not see it in my lifetime, but I am seeing the initiations of it and it. God damn, is it beautiful. Look at it. It's on fucking fire. Fuck you. Whoo. What a time, bro. I, I hope everybody who wanted to live in the 60s is really excited at this point because we're back. We're fucking back. Harder than ever, bruh. All right, moving down. Cops TV show canceled amid unrest over death of George Floyd. The longest TV show running, I think in America, is Cops. And they're canceling it. With, uh, they currently don't have any future plans to return it. Um, I mean, it's got enough reruns that anybody who wants to syndicate it, which it already is, um, yeah. Let's see. It was the longest running show there. And then, if you haven't heard Running from Cops, that's a podcast uh, that does a deep dive on the TV show's relation with the local communities that it would be involved in and how toxic that was. Because, of course, it was. Um, public radio. Tulsa, ew, Tulsa Police Department major police shoot black Americans less than we probably ought to, uh, what a wonderful headline, um, that's not, um, a quote that you should take out of context at all, um, Discussing nationwide protests over the killing of George Floyd by police in Minneapolis, a white Tulsa police department major said Monday systemic racism in policing just doesn't exist. Cool. So it went from, uh, we probably, oh, I took that way harder backwards. So Tulsa is extremely racist. Uh, police shoot black Americans less than we probably ought to. My fault. I honestly... <laughs> I took that the wrong way. Um, Tulsa PD uh, holding down to uh, its roots in that massacre from the 1920s. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Damon Lindelof's 
Watchmen. It is a great, great addition to the ethos that is Watchmen, and I hope somebody else picks it up and adds to it because there's more to develop on that fucking story. It was beautiful. But it opens up with the Tulsa Massacre, and it was the first thing of the 21st century that brought it to motherfuckers faces right away i mean it's not something that i learned in history so it's pretty unfortunate that i had to learn it from a uh tv show based off a graphic novel that's how i actually learn things is mostly through media mostly through media it's dark uh i don't like learning things mostly through media but yet we find entertainment to actually be one of the most successful ways to take in information so uh let that marinate i'm not gonna go over this whole article because i don't really want to get it i i, I don't want to take in all this information but i am going to read a couple quotes um so that we can understand that tpd major is a major douche um, he said, speaking to talk radio host Pat Campbell on his podcast, uh, Travis Yates, there's his name, Travis Yates, also suggested that according to his interpretation of crime data, police should actually be shooting black Americans more frequently. Quote, you get this meme of blacks are shot two times, two and a half times more, and everybody just goes, oh yeah, Yates said, they're not making sense here. You have to come into contact with law enforcement for that to occur. If a certain group is committing more crimes, more violent crimes, and law enforcement's having to come into more contact with them, that number is going to be higher. Who in the world in their right mind would think that our shootings should be right along the U.S. Census lines? That's insanity. All the research says we're shooting African Americans about 24% less than we probably ought to be. Wow! Based on the crimes being committed. Wow. That is extremely racist. And no research says that we should be (laughs) killing more African Americans. There's no research that puts that out there unless you're reading some white supremacy study. Um, uh, A eugenicist study, I guess. Uh, Yates expressed displeasure with the largely peaceful protests that have been taking place. Uh, The officer was arrested the next day. They were prosecuted. They were fired. They were not prosecuted. What are you doing? What do you mean justice? Justice at this point has been done, Yates said. No, it hasn't. Well, then it turned into systemic racism, systematic police brutality. This is what they're trying to say that all these changes need to come from. This is why we're protesting. This is why we're rioting. Because of systematic abuse of power and racism. That just doesn't exist. Yates is completely detached from the world. And you could expect that from a police department major. Because he is completely detached from his community. If he thinks he should be shooting more black people. In Tulsa. Um, So I award you a go fuck yourself. And we're going to move on. I talked last night about New York passing the 50A bill. Which is going to reveal police disciplinary records. And that is very good. Um, It's not quite as far as I want to go. But it is very good so um lapd officer charged with assault after video shows him beating man surprise surprise i'm not sure he's going to get enough charge i feel like when you are an authority who gets charged with a crime you should get charged heavier than a criminal um because you abridged you infringed your authority by becoming a criminal and that makes you a little bit worse because somebody who's who who is a civvy to criminal under uh, isn't on the same authoritarian uh, authoritative level as a police officer the police officer took that because he respects and upholds the law if they can't do that then they should be held further extent of the law because they were supposed to enforce it and understand it um george floyd protest san jose police fire rubber bullets at own bias trainer ruptures his testicle What a beautiful headline. I feel so bad for the man who has his testicles ruptured right now, but um, that that headline is, uh, is poetic. Reuters reports U.S. Navy to bar Confederate flags from ships. Nice. All right. Is there anything else that I would want to dive into here? We can just read a couple more headlines. Uh, New Jersey corrections officer among group that mocked George Floyd's killing as protests marched by. So police solidarity with the murderer. 
that is continuing. Um, but yeah, I mean, around all of in here is just a bunch of stuff about how uh, police brutality continues across the uh, the world. BLM sues over violent Seattle police tactics that should unfold uh, unfold nicely. Wow. Houston mayor announces at George Floyd's funeral that he is banning police chokeholds. Again, uh, that is one of those regulations that seems to be pretty common sense. Um, Bill Barr argues that maybe it should still be used when lethal force is necessary. But when is lethal force necessary against a civilian? You know, because cops use a lot of justifications to get away with things. And it reaches to a point where they don't hold accountability because they have so many justifications that let them off the hook. Fascinating how that works. It's not systemic, though. It's not systemic, though. Oh, God. Newly released video shows Texas man begged I can't breathe during fatal arrest. I talked about this last night. How many times are people going to say I can't breathe before the cops listen? Houston mayor says no more chokeholds, but that doesn't necessarily mean that ways of death by other means is going to go down. <sighs> Las Cruces officer heard saying, I'm going to choke you out before suspect dies. I'm, I am on the Reddit news. I'm on the subreddit news, and it's nothing but police brutality. Police officer shared nude photos of student before she was murdered. Like, New York Times. All right. So since we have so much police brutality going around and people seem to say that they support the protesters, I got one more article here by The Guardian. Um, I want to get into this real quick. What a beautiful picture. Wow. Look at him. I'm sure hit that neck. I'm sure that knee right fucking there is on this guy's fucking neck. Look at that. Look at this fucking guy. He's at least 180. I can see that gut, bro. I can see that keg hiding that six pack, bro. All right, so the Guardian says, no mass, no water, New York pro protesters held in abysmal conditions. And this is what the experts say. Let's get into it. More than 2,000 people have been arrested in the city, and the police treatment of those detained is emboldening people. To this day, um, Hong Kong roughly has 9,000 people that were arrested. Now, either they're a lot better at getting away, or uh, Hong Kong isn't too much into actually detaining them as much as we are because we have 2,000 in our state alone and this protest has only been going on for nearly th three weeks. Fascinating. And it's this kind of behavior that's actually going to continue bringing people out for the uh, police reform movement rather than the George Floyd movement. But that movement is still going on because we haven't gotten the charges. The charges haven't stuck yet. The man hasn't actually been prosecuted, which was another thing that the TPD major had said that has already happened. So what are they marching for? Um, the right uh, is moving in a very disgusting and dishonest bad faith uh, area. I don't, I, my brain is farting because I am so frustrated, but they are moving with so much bad faith in order to, inst, uh, to, uh, normalize a police state. It isn't normal and it should never be normal. We are the land of the free home of the brave. And that's the way it's going to stay, baby. All right. The article says protesters in New York have been unnecessarily arrested and detained for as long as 48 hours in abysmal conditions without access to mass, food, and water, according to legal experts. Since the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis just over two weeks ago, tens of thousands of people have taken to the streets of New York City in protest over police brutality. More than 2,000 people had been arrested in the city as of Thursday, around a fifth of the total of over... 10,000 arrested nationally. We already beat out Hong Kong. On charges such as arrest, uh, resisting arrest, disorderly conduct, and violating the now-canceled citywide curfew, New York Police Department declined a request for updated arrest figures, saying that they will be available, quote, in the near future. You gotta love transparency, bro. I mean, like, what kind of democracy has... Uh, 
uh, completely clear transparency. None. None. You got to lie a little bit if you want a good democracy. All right. Lawyers say the New York Police Department is also denying many of those arrested their right to a phone call, leaving their friends and families fearful for their lives. Details of arrests are not publicly available, but anecdotally, lawyers and uh, lawyers said protesters are facing charges for disorderly conduct, obstructing governmental administration, <laughs> and for violating the curfew, which was considered a Class B misdemeanor, carrying a maximum sentence of up to three months imprisonment they are imprisoning protesters this is no longer a democracy and we could ask if it ever has been all right despite the coronavirus pandemic they said most police officers do not wear masks and in some cases confiscate those of protesters who are being packed into cells with no regard for social distancing now i haven't been watching new york's numbers and whether or not they're actually reopening i'm pretty sure they were still under lockdown uh, as of the 8th i think this is when they really started opening up but um they were the uh, the the epicenter of the coronavirus here in America. They had basically the rise the the fastest highest rise, and now they're just being completely irresponsible with protesters, with people who uh, practice their right to dissent against a tyrannical government. Um, but it's funny because tyranny doesn't see itself as tyranny; it sees itself as righteous. Uh, back to the article. Corey Stoughton, Stoughton, head of the Special Litigation Unit at the Legal Aid Society, said, quote, We have heard from our clients who have been arrested at uh, arrested that the conditions in the holding cells that they are held in, in many cases for 10 to 20 hours, are abysmal. I'm sure they're just regular. <laughs> Especially following some of the larger demonstrations and mass arrests, that there are extremely crowded conditions, that the cells are dirty and unsanitary and unsafe. So we're willing to put our citizens in the same kind of treatment that we are also willing to put our refugees and our immigrants into. So that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. We treat we treat the best of the best the best, right? Police officers, she added, rarely wear masks. So I... I mean, if they get infected, fuck them, right? So really, an arrest is a decision by the police department to put protesters into a situation that is dangerous for their health and safety, which seems to be the opposite of protect and serve, unless they're protecting and serving property. Oh. Oh. Back to the article. Most protesters that are arrested are taken to a police station and held before being released on a summons, ordering them to appear in court at a later date. The protesters the Guardian spoke to had received summonses for September. If they face hard charges, they are arraigned, which means they are detained until they have seen a judge who either sets bail or releases them. Hmm. I Some people's names, bro. Rigotis Appling, a staff attorney at the Legal Aid Society, where she is a founding member of the Black Attorneys of Legal Aid Caucus, said some protesters were held for 48 hours. Ordinarily, this is illegal under New York State's 24-hour arrest to arraignment rule, but it was suspended as a result of the crisis and upheld by a Manhattan Supreme Court judge who actually said they can be detained uh, uh, indefinitely. Basically, there's no real set time for when these people can be uh, free again. Quote, the people I saw had been sitting in the tombs, nicknamed for where people are detained underneath the courthouse in Manhattan, for 48 hours. In New York, typically, you're supposed to see a judge within 24 hours, said Appley. She said of those who were arraigned were, quote, majority, almost all black and Latino, unquote, and that many were overcharged with higher crimes. She also she has also seen multiple essential workers who were not necessarily a part of the protests and arraignments. Uh, that's just indiscriminate policing. That's just indiscriminate policing. Describing the conditions in the tombs, she said, quote, filthy would be an understatement. While she said it was, it is always like that, COVID-19 makes it even scarier for her clients. That's funny. I said it's probably just normal. It is. And by having uh, a lot of people in these normal prisons, you're, it is going to make conditions worse, especially during a pandemic. Portia Chiffon Venable. Wow. Portia Chiffon Venable. 
a supervising attorney public defender in New York, and an attorney for a good call, a hotline offering 24-hour free legal support to people who have been arrested in the city and their friends and family, said police treatment of protesters is tantamount to an act of terror. Ooh. She almost called the police a terrorist organization. She added, quote, people are scared. And if there was, what the fuck is going on right now? What? What? My media player just popped up. What? All right, got it. Um, people are scared. And if there was any confidence, if there was any modicum of confidence in the NYPD before, they have successfully diminished that. It is gone. And you can hear it in every mother's voice that calls the hotline, unquote. Good Call has been flooded with close to 2,000 calls since the protest started and expanded its team of lawyers, who Venable said are working around the clock. On Thursday night, when protesters in the Bronx were zip-tied, she said they were taken to another borough, Queens. Quote, some of them were ultimately released, but it was still during curfew time with no way to get back home, and with real fear of being arrested again for violating the curfew. Many of the arrests are unnecessary, said Jared Trujillo, defense attorney and president of the Association of Legal Aid Attorneys. Quote, ultimately, someone who's just out there protesting, there is no reason that police officers can't issue an appearance ticket if they have to arrest them at all. Rather than scaring off protesters, police treatment of those arrested is in some ways emboldening people to demonstrate, he said. The Manhattan District Attorney, Cyrus Vance, announced on Friday that he will not prosecute protesters for low-level offenses. However, Trujillo said there was no guarantee, quote, Something to note about the Manhattan DA is oftentimes they say they're not going to prosecute certain things, and they do it anyway. Student Kellen Gold, 22, was arrested for violating the curfew on Wednesday night at a march in Manhattan, Gold, who uses they-them pronouns, said they were charged by police on bikes, so they ran and kneeled before being, quote, thrown to the ground and then cuffed, unquote, and taken to a police station in Brooklyn. Quote, I've been arrested a bunch of times for activism. This is the first arrest where I've been violently handled, said Gold, who was released at around 1.15 a.m. and given a court date in September. With how consistent the violent handling has been, I would say that it is now part of police policy to handle protesters in this manner. Almost like it was uh, ordered down. All right. Almost all of the officers were not wearing masks, said Gold, and protesters were required to share water cups. All right, let's just try to get a pandemic worse. Let's just try to make it worse. Jonathan, 35, a videographer from Brooklyn, did who did not want to give his last name, said he was arrested for trespassing at the Barclays Center on 20, uh, 29th of May after walking up the sloping grass-covered roof of the train station to get a better vantage point to film. At one police plaza, NYPD's headquarters in Manhattan, he claims it was chaos. He said he was not given a phone call, and officers were not wearing masks or social distancing. In a holding area of about 50 people, he said he was the only one wearing a mask. He said he has been summoned to appear in September, but that officers told him they will not charge him with trespassing. I don't know what's in store, he added. The experience has changed him, he said. He believes the police should be defunded. He added, quote, if they're messing that up, what else are they messing up? The fire that has now been lit under me is to hold the police accountable. Yeah, they made it worse. That's what I'm saying is by the police uh, answering the calls of police brutality with more police brutality is only going to uh, move people into uh, different movements that want to see change. So that's where all these cops fucked up. I don't know if that's what they intended, um, but they fucked up. The New York Police Department, which Mayor Bill de Blasio announced on Sunday, would have its $6 billion budget cut following pressure from protesters. The fact that you found $6 billion to cut is fucking nuts. How do you give $6 billion to a police department? Holy shit. That's a lot of money. Whew. 
uh, following pressure from protesters, said, quote, it supports and respects the rights of protesters to express their views, unquote, and that they are given, quote, numerous warnings to disperse, unquote, if officers decide to clear the street. Uh, you set the curfew, de Blasio, and people wanted to protest that. So you sent your dogs after them. It said, if directions are ignored, quote, a person may be subject to an arrest or summons. That was your decision, Bill. That was your decision. People would have just gotten tired and gone home had they not been tear gassed and pumped full of adrenaline. And now you arrested them and quite possibly spread corona even further. Good job, Bill. You do not deserve to resign. Sergeant Mary Frances O'Donnell, a spokeswoman for the Deputy Commissioner of Public Information, said, While the majority of the protests have been peaceful, our officers have encountered agitators with different agendas who have used the guise of the protest to commit criminal acts and violence. And yet most people that they've arrested are just regular protesters. Um, the, the, we, we all know at this point, if you're uh, a lefty and a part of this channel, uh, you already know that the agitator argument is to undermine the protests. That these aren't your neighbors, these aren't uh, pissed off civilians of the city or the state. These are outside agitators that are causing chaos in our streets and that's why we need police behavior as so. It's justification and it's a lie. So, moving on, quote, since May 25th, our officers have been shot at, stabbed. I have not heard of uh, officer injuries, but assaulted with rocks, bricks, and other debris, have been struck by vehicles, and have even had Molotov cocktails thrown inside their vehicle. This behavior is unacceptable and will not be tolerated. It's strange how I have not heard of a single cop death. Isn't that weird? In all this time, we have heard of uh, civilians being shot, uh, body cams being off, badges being blocked, uh, many protests being hospitalized uh, with uh, rubber bullet wounds and uh, tear gas poisoning. Um, and yet we don't really hear too much about police injuries or police deaths. So I find that very interesting. But of course, I am reading a quote from who was it again? Sergeant, oh, right, the deputy commissioner, right, 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 uh, of course she's going to take the police's side, uh, that's where her paychecks come from, uh, so that's developing, uh, New York needs to change, it is a, uh, a, a beacon in American representation, and it needs to change, because it could become uh, 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 Berlin uh, very soon, 1930s Berlin, I'm not into it, I don't like it. I don't like the way that uh, NYPD is cracking down on protesters as if they were the as if the NYPD is Beijing and the protesters are Hong Kong. I'm not into it. Not into it at all. Um, but that's all I have for you. Um, let's let's read one more. A 150 year old statue of King Leopold II of Belgium, whose forces seized Congo in the late 19th century and ran an exploitative regime that led to the death of millions, was removed from a public square in Antwerp on Tuesday. We are moving past white supremacy. We are destroying it. We are creating a new world built on racial justice, unity, and equality. Fuck anybody who stands opposed to this. But I want to thank you all for joining me uh i hope you have a beautiful day you can find me on twitter at class observer you can find me on twitch the working class observer on facebook at knowledge plug and i'm trying to figure out the youtube situation hopefully i can if not fuck it i'll just be on twitch and anchor um other than that i hope you guys have a beautiful day and i want you to stay very revolutionary because change can and will happen